guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. This is going to be a great episode with the GoHunt.com insider uh, winner. Um, Richard Blazer won the Nahanni Butte Outfitters uh, doll sheep hunt giveaway with, with GoHunt.com. And um, this is going to be a great interview of how his hunt uh, unfolded and from the beginning to end from drawing the tag. And at the beginning of this um, podcast episode, you're going to hear um, the recording of GoHunt.com uh, uh, President Lorenzo Sartini and his staff calling Richard and, and telling him that he had won the hunt. So it's uh, pretty cool and it's awesome that GoHunt.com has these great giveaways. Uh, I want to remind you guys that the October giveaway with GoHunt.com Insider uh, for all Insider members is a coos deer hunt with colburn and scott outfitters that's dark colburn and myself and lorenzo has purchased uh, three spots on the hunt one for himself and two spots uh, for insider members and uh, the dates are going to be right during the rut in january in sonora mexico uh, we will be leaving on january 7th we will try and hunt that afternoon if we can uh, when we get to the ranch, but then we'll hunt seven full days from the 8th through the 14th. Uh, GoHunt.com is also including a $1,000 travel voucher. So this is a $6,500 value um, for two insiders at GoHunt.com. So if you're not an insider member, you're not in the drawing. So you need to join insider prior to uh, the, the the end of uh, October. Uh, you need to go on GoHunt.com to see all the details of the giveaway, but um, they're basically giving away two slots to come hunt. It's a $5,500 value plus a $1,000 travel voucher, so $6,500 per person. And um, all you have to do is be an insider, so insider member. So if you're not, hit the blue join now button when you go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider. Hit the blue join now button and you will receive a $50 Kuyu gift card uh, when you sign up as well. So you'll be entered into the drawing and uh, hopefully uh, uh, you guys will, one of you guys out there listening, some of the J. Scott Outdoors podcast listeners will win this hunt. And um, it's, it's awesome to get to enjoy Sonora, Mexico. Uh, beautiful weather usually down there when a lot of parts of the country are really cold. Um, it's just it's just a great hunt. The deer are rutting, and we've, we've been able to get some great bucks over the years. So we're looking forward to that. Um, guys, uh, this is going to be a great episode. I want to thank GoHunt.com uh, Insider for their sponsorship of this podcast. You know, they stepped up very, very early on in the in the beginning of this podcast Lorenzo and his team stepped up and to sponsor this podcast and um, back when basically there was only a couple hundred people listening and now there's thousands upon thousands and uh, with that I want to thank you guys my listeners um, this this podcast uh, wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be like it is without you and um, I, I appreciate all the feedback from you guys um, if you'd like to send me comments uh, about the episodes or about your hunts, uh, get a lot of people sending me photos of successful hunts and such, uh, you can reach me at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. 
Uh, you can follow a lot of the adventures of Dar and I's on Instagram at jscottoutdoors, at Dar Colburn, that's D-A-R-R Colburn uh, on Instagram. Of course, you know, the Facebook, J. Scott Outdoors, uh, the website, uh, jscottoutdoors.com. And uh, for those of you that don't know, I have we have a YouTube channel, uh, J. Scott Outdoors YouTube, and I believe we have a couple thousand uh subscribers there and have uh, uh, close to 2 million uh, views. Uh, It's got all kinds of hunts, all kinds of how-to videos and such. So uh, guys, thanks for all your support. Let's get right to the episode and uh, hope you enjoy it. Guys, I got one more thing to add. Deadeye Outfitters is doing their annual breast cancer awareness design again. They're donating 10% of all proceeds from those men's and women's t-shirts to breast cancer research. The men's and women's t-shirts are currently available on their website at deadeyeoutfitters.com. Be sure to use the promo code JSCOTT to save 10% on all your purchases. Pick up some Deadeye Outfitters and wear your obsession. Guys, go check out their website. They've got some awesome stuff. And I want to thank them for supporting breast cancer awareness and breast cancer research by donating 10%. And so uh, you guys do your part also to to support breast cancer awareness. Let's do this. We'll find a winner. Got the whole list here. All I have to do is shuffle three times. Shuffle once. Shuffle twice. Here it is. There's our guy. Call number one. Is Richard available? That's Richard. Hi, Richard. This is Lorenzo with GoHunt.com. Do you know why I'm calling you today? I can only hope. <laughs> what are you hoping for? I'm hoping for a doll sheep hunt. Looks like you're going to the Honey Butte Outfitters on a doll sheep hunt. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Not kidding you at all, buddy. Can you put off with the work and family? You would be leaving in literally 30 days. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we've got a really cool episode. So about a month ago, or maybe a little more, I was sitting waiting for GoHunt.com to call me on the phone, letting me know that I had won a doll sheep hunt with Nahani Butte Outfitters. And so I was listening and my phone didn't ring. But the guy that I've got on the line, Richard Bazer from Eugene, Oregon, his phone rang and he won the GoHunt.com Insider Hunt Giveaway. It's a $22,500 value and he won it. Richard, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jay. Thank you. You know, I was um, excited uh, to know that... Uh, uh, a hunter that uh, had already shot a ram, and uh, this was going to be your second ram, and uh, you won the hunt, and I was excited to hear about it. I uh, can't wait to hear how all the details went of the hunt. The uh, first thing I'm going to ask you is, 
what was it like um, listening and hoping that uh, you know you, you you had a chance to win because all Gohan Insider members had a chance? What was it like uh, when your phone actually rang? Uh, that was pretty crazy. I was um, actually on my way out to the to my job, and and uh, obviously I knew it was July first. I knew that's when they were going to be calling someone, and and uh, I looked down at the clock, and it was a little bit after nine, and. And I thought, well, it was a a neat thought to think that, you know, a guy had a chance at, at winning something like that. And I hadn't gotten a call, so I thought it was already, you know, they'd already gotten a hold of the winner. And then um, it wasn't a couple minutes later, my, my phone started to ring, and I looked down, and it was a, a Las Vegas number. And uh, <laughs> and I thought, man, would they be based out of Las Vegas? I actually never, never actually knew that. And so it rang a couple times, and I thought, you know, <laughs> I better pull over and take this call. So I did, and uh, and I said hello, and and they asked if uh, Richard was there, and I said, yeah, this is Richard, and and uh, said, hey, this is Lorenzo from GoHunt.com. Any reason why we might be calling you today? And I was like, I sure hope I know the reason you're calling today. And and they asked, well, what might that be? And I said, well, I'm hoping to, hoping you're telling me I'm going on a doll sheep hunt. And Lorenzo says, uh, hey, guess what? You're going to the Honey Butte Outfitters on a doll sheep hunt, and. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. I absolutely could not believe it. I mean, what's the chances of that, you know? And I was just, I was at a loss for words. Um, I probably didn't have a lot of intelligent things to say during the conversation, but I was just excited. I mean, it was, what an opportunity. And, uh, I mean, you hear about drawings and stuff all the time, and especially big stuff like this, and, and you never think that you'd actually be the one lucky enough to uh, get that opportunity. And and I was. So, Wow. That's incredible. Um, I can't wait to hear um, how the hunt went and how the adventure went. I know you didn't have a long time to prepare. I guess one of the first questions I asked would ask you is, um, how long had you been a Go Hunt Insider member? About two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. I had just signed up with them. Um, because I had wanted to do a out-of-state hunt this year, and actually I thought I did the research um, and ended up not getting the hunt. Um, thought I did enough research to to get to go, and uh, when I didn't get it, I thought, shoot, maybe I need some more tools, you know. And I seen go hunt and looked at what they offer and what they do, and and so I thought. And then I seen they were giving away this doll sheep hunt on top of that, so I thought, gosh, it's I've been wanting to do something like that anyways. It's a good opportunity to get my name in the hat for that doll sheep hunt. Who knows, you know? And uh, a couple of days before I got the call, I had just gotten my hat and some decals and stuff in the mail from them and saying congratulations and thank you for joining and, you know, all that. And and uh, I'll be darned if a couple of days later I didn't get the call. That's pretty incredible. Um, have you had a chance to dive into the Go Hunt Insider and, and – uh, look through some of the states that you apply for, and and have you been able to dive into the the insider? I have not even gotten to do a whole lot on that. I've, I've browsed through some quickly, but honestly, the last thirty days have been uh, crazy. Just focusing on this hunt and um, trying to get in shape, and with work, and and on top of that, and I, and I lost the first week of preparation due to um, we had already had a vacation scheduled, so I was in Yellowstone for the first week and. Got a little bit of hiking in there, but um, as soon as we got back to Oregon, um, it was just blow and go, trying to get in shape and get everything ready. 
And so I haven't gotten a lot, a lot of opportunity yet to, to get on there, but I definitely plan on spending a lot of time and learning that site inside out. And so uh, July 1st is when you found out that you had won the hunt. And what, when were the hunt dates scheduled for? When did you have to report for duty? August 2nd, I was flying out. So in other words, you had 30 days to prepare for a doll sheep hunt. Um, what kind of shape were you in when you found out you won the tag? And, and how much did you actually do to get prepared for the hunt? Um, well, unfortunately for me, I was probably at about my heaviest weight. Um, uh, wasn't in the, I mean, I wasn't in terrible shape, but definitely had a lot of conditioning to do. Um, so that being said, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm about 12 and a half miles from work. Um, I ride my bike to and from, um, but that just wasn't cutting it. You know, it, it's nothing substitutes for, for, uh, putting your boots on and hiking and getting those muscles going and throw on a pack, get some weight on there and start preparing that way because um, the bike is good for cardio and, and so forth, but it doesn't, it isn't going to substitute. So um, every night I started hiking after work, I'd get off work and I'd go down to, uh, we have a mountain called Mount Pisgah and it's a great hike. Um, it's about, uh, three and a half miles round trip up to the summit and back. And then there's other routes you can take. And so I would do anywhere from uh, two summits a night to more. So I was getting in, um, most nights six to probably on, on most parts, six miles a night. And then some nights I do seven to 10. And, uh, I was doing that pretty much every night I would take, uh, I think I had scheduled on Tuesdays. I would do one summit just to give my body a little bit of a break. And then I'd take one, I think I took one day off on the weekend um, just to allow my body to heal a little bit and then get back to it. I know in uh, two weeks I put in about 85 miles of hiking um, to try to get my, my tail in shape. You know, that mountain sounds familiar. If if I'm correct, isn't that the same mountain that Cameron Haynes um, pounds and runs every week? It is. It is, yeah. Do you ever see him out on the trail? You know, I personally have not. Um I know he's there all the time. I've, I've actually been pretty surprised that we haven't passed by each other, but uh, no, um, I have not. But yes, he's there all the time, and he, what a that guy's a machine. <laughs> yeah, he is a machine. So you're preparing for the hunt, and uh, what about gear? As far as well, let, let's skip ahead. Let's actually we'll we'll come back to all that. I, I want to start from. Okay, it's the day before you're supposed to meet on August 2nd. Uh, tell me where you fly into, uh, and then walk me through uh, from, the, from the time you fly in there and the hunt and how everything went down and just your different experiences there. Okay, so, um, so the morning of August 2nd, I took off from Portland, um, from the Portland airport. The wife sent me off there, and um, <clears throat> from there I had to fly through Seattle up to Edmonton, and then Edmonton I picked up all my bags and, uh, we stayed the night in Edmonton and the next morning you get up at Edmonton, uh, get everything checked back into the airport. And then from there you fly from, um, Edmonton to Fort, uh, to Yellowknife out to Fort Simpson. And that's where you meet up with the guides. Um, that being said, I had kind of a, a nice surprise in Edmonton. I, uh, was checking in that morning and I had, uh, some gentlemen in front of me, and, um, they were pretty much checked in. They turned around and, and one of them I thought looked like a pretty familiar face. Uh, 
And he asked me, he's seen my gun case and stuff. And he says, Hey, where are you, where are you headed hunting? And I said, I'm headed up to Nahani Butte. He says, Oh, no kidding. He says, we are too. And he says, uh, I'm Jason Harrison and introduced himself. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I said, I thought that was you. So obviously Jason is the owner and founder of Kuyu and, um, very gracious, uh, guys. I mean, they were out really nice. Uh, everybody introduced themselves and we talked a little bit and, um, that was a pleasant surprise. And, and then to find out they're they're going, they were going to the same place. Um, so I they they headed down to their gates. I went and checked my stuff in and and uh, and uh, went down to the gate, uh, chatted with them a little bit there, and then from there we flew out to Yellowknife. Um, Yellowknife, we ended up having about a four and a half hour layover there. So again, we just got to sit and chat, and um, it was really great. Um, they, gosh, we we talked about all kinds of stuff. Um, it was very interesting listening to them and and uh, learning more and more about Kuyu and and um, in all honesty, this is the first time um, I just I just so happened to buy some some of the Kuyu gear before I even went on this hunt because I wanted to try something that was um, lightweight and hopefully gonna you know do what I needed to do on this hunt. So from there uh, we got to um, Yellow, uh, Yellowknife. I'm sorry, Fort Simpson. And uh, we met up with a couple of our guides that were loading us up into a couple of pickups. And uh, from there, we headed out to, uh, it's about a two, two and a half hour drive out to um, Nahani Butte. Um, when you get there, it's kind of funny. Uh, you come up to a river and they park the trucks and everything out um, out there on the other side of the river. And you load everything into these boats and you take the boats across the river. And then there's another pickup over there and you load everything up and then you drive on into the to the village and to the lodge, um, where you're greeted by everybody. I mean, all the, the guides and everybody comes out. They're just so welcoming. Um, I'll tell you, the Honey Butte Outfitters are second to none. What a great group of people. Um, like I said, open arms. Um, everybody's super friendly, super helpful. What do you need? What can we do? They're packing your stuff. I mean, for a guy like me, I'm not used to people packing my stuff and, and I'm trying to get my stuff and they're like, no, no, we got that. We got that, you know, and it's just, it was great. Um, uh, Richard, so what is the temperature there at base camp um, and what are conditions and what, you know, what's the projected forecast kind of, what are you preparing for? Actually, um, that was a good question. You know, I, I was really curious what, what the weather was going to end up being like, um, I tried to watch the weather best I could and everything, but honestly, when I got there, it was it was warm, nice. Uh, it wasn't I didn't see anything projected that we were going to get a lot of rain or anything like that. I mean, I know they get some some roll some storms roll through here and there, but um, for the most part, everything in the future looked pretty good. Um, you know, the mosquitoes are a little thick down there at base camp, so you got to deal with that. But uh, it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. You couldn't ask for any better weather. So like 60s, 70s, yeah. or was it? That evening, I'd say it was definitely, you know, yeah, you're probably in the 70s. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And then were you guys going to take off that night or um, head out the next morning? Yeah, um, actually, Jim Lancaster, the owner of Nahani Butte, he came out and let me know that they were going to get me out that night. Um, and that they'd, um, so he, he got me paired up with my guide, Don Burt, and Don was awesome. He came in, we went through my pack, kind of went through my gear, um, picked out a couple of things I probably didn't need 
and then kind of move some stuff around. What what was the stuff that you didn't need? Well, in this particular case, uh, let's see. There was all, you know, the, I got to have a pack of stuff I probably don't need all the time. But there was some uh, the the uh, trekking poles. Um, he had a set. He said he'll just take the one set. I could leave my set. We're just doing things to lighten it up a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, I went off of Jim's list that he offers out or that he sends out with his package. And, and for the most part, that's what I had. I, I got rid of a couple other pieces of clothing because with the weather being as good as it was going to be, I didn't really feel I needed to tote those around. Um, but that was really about it. Uh, we took um, some stuff out of my pack that because because you when they take you out, you go out on a helicopter. And um, that in itself is worth the whole trip just to <laughs> <ride> in that <laughs> helicopter. But uh, so some of the stuff we could put in a box on the helicopter, we didn't have to have it in our pack. And because when we load up the helicopter, the one of the back seats are where we put our packs and you just trying to consolidate them so they fit in there. Um, but we went through all the gear, uh, did that. And then I changed into my hunting clothing, um, went in, they had a heck of a spread for dinner. Um, I'll tell you what, Jim's wife, Nadine puts on a heck of a spread um, you don't want to spend a lot of time in camp if you want to stay in shape because you, <laughs> you will get fat there. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, we, um, I ate dinner and then I jumped in a little ranger side by side with a couple, well, one of the guides and Jim's son. We went down and double checked my rifle, made sure it was still on and it was good to go. Um, come back and, uh, we loaded up in the helicopter and we took off. So how far was it from base camp to where you were dropped off? in either miles or in time? Uh, Time-wise, it was about 50 minutes. Um, pretty good jaunt out there. Um, I'm not sure exactly how far it was, but, yeah, in, in time-wise, I'd say it's about 50 minutes. And just incredible big mountains oh. and such, or what was the terrain like? Absolutely beautiful. We flew over the – there was a park there. We flew over that um, and then got into the mountains. And then once we got into the mountains, um, Greg, the pilot, he kind of took us down through the canyons and – what a bunch of views. I took video and pictures and I still didn't get enough of everything, I'm sure, but um, absolutely beautiful. I think the McKinsey Mountains um, are in the six to 8,000 foot range. Um, and they were telling me that I guess they're just, I mean, they're extremely old mountains and uh, they're just, they're beautiful. Um, a lot of grays and greens and a lot of moss, the, the caribou moss and stuff up there. And, and then you get in the areas where there, there are the trees as well. I think they're, uh, spruce and, and stuff like that but um, um a lot of open open country too um but yes definitely steep um i was looking to that thinking oh my gosh you know some of that's going to be it's going to be a lot of work and so when you guys um started circling where you were going to land um tell me about the experience of getting off the chopper at landing and then and then what did you do so um yeah so we circled the area that we were going to land there was um kind of three ridges that came together and uh, we went out on the end of one of those ridges and, and because of, we had actually seen um, a ewe and a lamb and a ram up on one of the ridges on the way in. And so we wanted to get out away from them because, because those guys, if, once they know you're in the country, they don't want to stick around. Um, they're, they're pretty wild sheep. So uh, we ended up out on this, this, into the ridge it was kind of sloped which um 
didn't make for the best place to set up your tent, but we, we made it happen. But yeah, we landed, um, we got everything unloaded and then you just kind of lay over your gear while the helicopter takes off so that nothing blows away and, or blows into the propellers. You know, there's definitely a big safety factor there, which they took us through a safety walkthrough before we took off as well. Um, just to make sure everybody knows how to approach and, and, and leave the helicopter. So once he took off, um, you know, it was, it was so crazy. He, he took off, you know, you got all this noise. He takes off, you see him leave, and then pretty soon you can't hear anything, and then you realize you're out in the middle of the Northwest Territories, out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it was just quiet, beautiful. It was just so surreal. What were the temperatures? Uh, what time was it when you landed, and what was the weather conditions and temperatures when you landed? I would say it was around, I think we got out there around um, 9, 8 or 9 p.m., I think. And it's crazy because, you know, of course, you know, we all hear about how, how light it stays up there, and it, and it really does. Um, I remember at like 10, 10.30 at night, it's like all, all that happened was the sun went down over the mountain. I mean, it's still that bright. Uh, Temperature-wise, it was still in the, I'd, I'd say, 70s at that point. Um, it, was, it was just beautiful. I mean, there's, there was you couldn't ask for any better weather. And you're up above Timberline, and you're kind of um, camped on a ridge. And, and what was the plan then, to try and get some sleep? And I'm sure you didn't sleep at all. <laughs> yeah, we. Um, it took us a bit to get camp set up. Uh, like I said, the, the tent was sloped pretty good downhill, so we had cut some spruce trees and cut some stuff, trying to build up the end of the tent, so to speak, and it didn't really work out very well. But um, So we were working on that um kind of got food dropped off and everything down below us a little bit away from the tent and then at that point um don actually had me uh grab his spot and scope and kind of sneak around and just kind of glass a little bit to see if we could see that ram from from where we were and just kind of see what he was doing because we wanted to hope we didn't spook him out of there you know and so i i went over and did that for a bit and then he worked on on camp and then after a bit, he come over there and he he had me go back and kind of finish setting my stuff up and then he watched it for a while and he came back and we kind of got a game plan, you know what we would do and and um, uh, yeah, kind of went off to bed. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I tossed and turned and all I did was think about it all night long and I don't think I hardly slept at all. Um, it was you know it's it so crazy to think that two days ago I was down here in the states and just getting ready for this, but you know then. All of a sudden, I'm I'm here. I'm out in the middle of nowhere, getting ready to have an opportunity of a lifetime. What gun did you take with you, Richard? Uh, I took a 257 Weatherby. Uh, I love that. I shoot that gun. I really like it. Um, what bullet did you shoot? Uh, actually, I shot the 110 grain Nosler Acubon. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it does a great job. So, what time were you guys scheduled to wake up the next morning, and what was the plan, and how, how did you guys? kind of go about your first day? Well, the thing is, you know, when you fly in anywhere, you have to wait 12 hours before you can um, pursue any animals anyways up there. And so we were giving ourselves time for that. We got up, we had breakfast, uh, oatmeal, <laughs> um, sit there. And another thing is also when that the Don clued me in on to be sure that anytime you got out of the tent, you know, you took your time and you get out with your binoculars and you clear everything. Um, because you never know where sheep might come from, and not only sheep, but uh, grizzly bears and so forth. So you really want to keep a good eye out um, and make sure we're not, you know, I mean, we're, we're as, as, as best we could, we tried to hide, you know, hide everything, but unfortunately we're kind of out in the open still. So we really had to take caution there with um, with that. So 
Um, we got up in the morning, we cleared everything that we could see to make sure that we weren't spooking anything off or didn't have anything in the area that we didn't want there. Well, if you got to take a leak, that that could be challenging. <laughs> yeah, I sell some time <laughs> for sure. Um, so we got up, had breakfast, uh, kind of went around, glassed a little bit what we could up where we had seen the ram the day before. Um, couldn't find him, so we grabbed our gear and uh, and uh, started kind of working our way up the ridge slowly. Um, and again, keeping our eye out because man, those those rams and those sheep can move so much in even a twelve-hour period. That you just don't know. I mean, he might be right next to your tent the next morning. You never know, or he might be out of the country. So we uh, we worked our way up the ridge, kept glassing, um, got up towards the top. We finally spotted the the ewe and the lamb, and unfortunately, where she was uh, was making it really tough for us to advance much further because you know their their vision is so remarkable, and so. Um, we ended up having to spend a lot of time just kind of waiting for her to do her thing. And luckily her, her lamb would kind of come up and bug her a little bit and she'd get up and move around and sometimes kind of break down over the edge a little bit where she couldn't see us and, and we'd be able to make our move. And we just, we were having a heck of a time finding that ram. And, um, we'd probably been looking for a couple of hours and we finally found him. He had worked his way out on this other flat on a ridge out away from us and, and he was bedded out there. And so um, the combination of uh, keeping an eye on her and making sure she didn't blow out and, and mess everything up, uh, we were just trying to work our way around the side of the mountain. And and some of those mountains, uh, some of it's really easy walking, not too bad. And then some of it's a lot of shale and loose rock and stuff. And we got into a bunch of that. And, and uh, so you got to be careful you're not kicking that stuff down the mountain and everything else. Um, after a bit, the ram got up and, and uh, he actually started working kind of towards us. He was still about probably 800 yards away when we seen him at that point. Um, so as he's working towards us, we're kind of pinned on the side of this mountain. And uh, we're, in all reality, we're way out in the open, but, you know, you're just laying there flat, not moving and just kind of looking through your glass. And um, luckily the ewe and lamb had finally broke off over the other edge and we didn't have to deal with her anymore. And we could just focus on, on the ram. Um, gosh, he, for hours, <laughs> for hours he was milling around down there and, and when we'd get an opportunity we'd try to move what we could just trying to get with you know in, in range to, to glass him better and make sure and he was definitely a shooter there was no doubt on that we knew he was a shooter ram um you know and for there of course they got to be three-quarter curl or more and uh and those guys are so good at aging them and and so forth from a distance too it's it's amazing um so probably after about five hours or so, he finally had worked his way up the ridge and kind of broke off over the other side as well. So we could kind of, best we could, hightail it down to the bottom and, and try to work up to where he had went. And uh, doing that, we finally got down there, worked up to the ridge where he was. And then I would stay kind of out away from the edge a little bit. And Don would work his way over the edge, kind of peek over and look, come back, and we'd work our way up. Just kind of really easy working our way up towards where we thought he might be. And we were hoping he would be go up there and be bedded by the time, you know, we got up there to make it a little, little better for us. Um, anyways, on the way up, uh, Don was working his way around a, a little rock outcropping. And, and I seen him peeking over all, and all of a sudden he, he ducked back down and he stuck his binoculars up there and, and ranged it and come back around and gave me the signal to, to rack a shell in. 
so I did, and I threw my pack off, and we're we're trying to hike up. And he said, unfortunately, the the ram had already pinned him, and he couldn't couldn't believe the ram already knew he was there, and uh, he was about 117 yards. And so uh, we were trying. And he, to, is he looking right at you guys? Yeah, well, he's looking right at Dawn. I hadn't seen him yet, and um, looking right at Dawn. And uh, so we kind of get up there as quickly as we can. I'm trying to scan where he's at, where he might be. And, and all of a sudden he's, he had moved left a little bit and he's out on this point and he's standing there broadside looking right at me. I'm just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Sun shining on him. I mean, I'd love to have been able to take a picture, but there wasn't time. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to step up a couple more times and I am breathing hard. I mean, we've been, we're, we're trying to get up there quickly and I pull up, and I cannot get my crosshairs to hold still. And I'm, yeah. You've got to be kidding me. I'm standing yeah. there. I don't have a good rest. I don't have any rest. Um, and he's only like 100 yards. And I'm just – and one of the last things Jim Lancaster told me when I left camp is he said, if you wound one, that's the one you chase the rest of the time. And I was like, I do not want to make a bad shot on this guy. Because where he was, it was a long ways down. Mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sitting there trying to hold, 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 and I just, I could not hold still, and all of a sudden, he's gone, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I just totally blew this, totally blew it. Well, in your defense, it's very difficult to shoot offhand, and it's certainly difficult in that situation. I think you made a great call. I Yeah, I mean, you know, looking back, I mean, I'm so happy I didn't pull the trigger and make a bad shot. Um, you know, it just it just wasn't right. So uh, we, we tried to hightail it up even further to see if we could, you know, maybe went out and stopped somewhere. But, you know, we didn't hardly go very far to see him again. He was already down at the bottom, across the creek, and gone. And Don ranged him at 650 yards already. So those guys don't stick around, I'll tell you. <laughs> and so did you just feel your heart drop? Like, you you're, you you know, did you I just did. feel like, yeah, you probably felt pretty low. and My head was hanging. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My head was hanging. I mean, we had just worked on this guy for over six hours, and um, you know, and that's it's tough. You know, you put a lot of work into something like that, and then have it not work out. Um, so we headed back down to the packs and kind of sat down. I took a break, and and I looked at Don and I told him, I said, "Man, I am so sorry." He says, "Ah," he says, "I can't believe he pinned me that quick." You know, he was just. I think both of us were so frustrated at ourselves, even. Uh, he couldn't believe he was pinned that quick and I couldn't believe I couldn't get a shot off. Yeah. So, uh, so we just chatted a bit and he says, Hey, you know what? It's day one. We got plenty of time. No worries. You know? <laughs> so, so it was awesome. You know, we, we joked around and we kind of finished out that day doing some more glassing and working our way around and, and headed back to camp and, you know, had some, uh, good old mountain house meals and, um, Talk. Did you see anything else that afternoon? We didn't see anything else at all, no. no. Okay, so you went back and ate dinner and then tried to go to sleep again. <laughs> yeah, so then um, so then we put together the game plan for the next day. We were going to go up on uh, the next ridge over, and, and we were hoping on the backside we might catch something back there. So, yeah, again, another, another great night of sleep. Um, maybe not so much, but, uh, <laughs> you know. And you guys are sharing a tent, correct? Yeah, we were actually. Uh, and you had uh, air mattresses, and and what kind of sleeping bag did you have? Um, I actually have a a big Agnes uh, sleeping bag, um, one that I picked up quite some time ago. 
Um, and I, I will tell you, the first night I had a, a liner and everything I put in it. Uh, I took the liner out, and I don't think I slept with my sleeping bag zipped up one single night. It was that's how beautiful and awesome it was the whole time I was there. Um, that's awesome. So you wake up the next morning and make a plan. We did, and um, um, we decided we're just gonna go straight straight down off the mountain from camp and right back up the next face um, over. I mean, it was. It was definitely going to be a lot more work, a lot more, you know, a lot, a lot steeper and everything. But it's a lot better than walking all the way around, because um, we could have walked up the ridge and then up the other ridge. But we wanted to get up there, so uh, we got down to the bottom. Um, there's, and I'll tell you, that country is full of water. There's water everywhere, and so we got down to the bottom. There's a nice creek, um, loaded up on water, you know, hydrated and everything, and then started climbing that next mountain and got up to the top and. Um, you know what, actually, I, I apologize. I did forget, uh, the day before you asked me if we'd seen another one. Actually, we did. We seen a, I'd forgotten about him. We seen just a, a, a young three-year-old ram. Um, okay. I forgot about that. So, and that being said, the reason I remember that is because going up this mountain is where we had seen him. So we were having to keep an eye out for him. Um, but actually, I don't think we seen him that day, if I remember correctly. So we got up to the top and, and, uh, just doing a bunch of glass and working our way down. Again, you're taking it nice and easy. I mean, anytime, I mean, you're glassing every five, you know, just, just every few steps. I mean, you just never know we're going to come across these guys. So we worked our way down the ridge um, and got to where we could see, see kind of the backside of the ridge. And it's kind of a big, um, oh, to me, it reminds me of like a big old meadow, you know, but it's, it's all that caribou moss and, and everything. And, and we glassed there for quite a while and, and off the other side, all the ridges, everything we could see, and, and we just weren't seeing anything. So at that point, I kind of hung tight there for a little bit, and Don just kind of worked his way around down below a little bit to see what he could find. And um, so I just kept glassing all the ridges, everything I could see from up there. And after a while, he'd come back up, and he says, you know, he says, I'm just not seeing anything. And so we glassed for... And this is, you know, we're working into early afternoon now and and uh, nothing. So I know he made a phone call, a satellite phone call into to Jim at camp and let him know. They check in every day, uh, every morning, every night, you know, and all that. And that's Jim's, uh, you know, he wants to know what's going on with his guys, make sure everybody's safe and everything's going well. So um checked in with him, let him know that we weren't seeing anything. So Jim said to... uh uh, just keep looking and, and we'll get a game plan together. And so to call him back at like five that evening. So we did that. Um, I think we were glass until our eyes were bleeding. I don't know if I, I've looked through a lot of glass, but I'll tell you what, you look through a lot of glass up there. Um, we, uh, about five o'clock, Don made the phone call to Jim and Jim's like, uh, you're not seeing nothing, huh? He's like, no, we, we, I mean, you could see for miles I and mean, we're, we're just glassing all these ridges. Um, he says, all right. He says, well, I'll tell you what, we'll be, we'll have somebody there in a couple hours. Well, the chopper there. So we hiked back to camp, loaded everything up, got everything ready. And, uh, about two hours later, here comes the helicopter. And, uh, so I hung out there with the gear. Um, Don jumped in with Greg and, and they went, uh, flying around trying to try to find us a new area. Um, he was gone about 20 minutes and then Greg came back and had dropped Don off at our new camp spot and, and we loaded up all of our gear and then uh, I jumped in with him and we flew over to our new spot 
Um, they had seen a couple of rams out on some on a ridge point uh, quite a ways out. And where he was setting us down, we were a good couple of miles from there. And um, so he set us down, same story. You know, you get everything unloaded, lay on it, he takes off. And, and now you're in a new location. And I'll tell you what, this new location was a thousand times better than the first one as far as a camp spot goes. <laughs> <laughs> so... We got everything reset up, and uh, we got a game plan together, and Don told me about, you know, what they'd seen, and, and uh, he, he said we were still quite a ways away from there. Uh, we had a couple of ridges to go up and over to, to try to get that direction, and we were going to try to get a good early start, um, you know, because the sun was coming up. It was getting as warm as it was, and we wanted to try to beat the sun on our morning hike because, like I said, we had some pretty big country to go over to get over there and and uh it was once that sun gets on you it beats on you pretty good so then uh next morning we get up again you have breakfast and uh get your gear drop down to the bottom where there's a creek again load up again on water um water was i drink a lot of water when i'm hiking i'm i'm a sweater now, are you are you filtering the water, or are you just drinking it right out of the creek? Actually, uh, Don had one of those, uh, I think, what do you call those, the Sterilite pins, the ultraviolet. You use, yeah. You use those one-liter yep. big-mouth bottles. You fill them up, and then you stir yep. for so long. I'll tell you what, that was pretty slick. First time I've used that. I've always used filters and everything. Um, that was a, a nice tool to have and real lightweight. So it actually worked out really well just to do that. So then we took off, uh, we had to hike up this old creek bed and got to the end of it and then you had to hike up out of the bottom of it. And that was a pretty good jaunt up on the top. Once you got on top, it wasn't, uh, too bad. Again, it's, it's a lot more open and everything. And like, how long did it take you from where you were getting water to go up on top? Oh, it probably took us an hour. Okay. Yeah. Probably an hour to get up there. Um, then we're working our way over the top and, and Don was kind of showing me up ahead. I, you couldn't see everything yet, but he was just kind of telling me the direction that we were probably going to be working towards. And so we're going up over the top, kind of breaking down over the other edge. And, and Don was out ahead of me just a few. And, and all of a sudden I seen him just hit the ground. So of course I hit the ground. I follow suit. And he looks back at me and he kind of put a curl beside his head, letting me know that he's seen a ram. And so um, I kind of snuck up there to him and those rams through the night, had worked their way up that other ridge and probably at least took off a good half to three quarters of a mile for us, which was, I was very thankful for. But, uh, so we could see this ram up on top of the next ridge over. And, um, he's just kind of, I think he was just standing up there at that time, or he might've been bedded if I remember, I think he was bedded. And so we're trying to, we get up, we're trying to move a little closer. And all of a sudden I looked up there and he's standing looking at us. And so I, just kind of gave Don a quick whistle and, and down we went again. And, and he's probably 800 yards from us. Goodness. And he's got you pegged. He's got us pegged. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh Goodness. no, you've got to be kidding me. So we just lay there and of course not moving. And I mean, he's just staring at us for a long time. I don't know. It seemed like hours. Um, but then he just kind of looked around a little bit and kind of dug around and, made his bed and laid back down, of course, laying right, looking right at us, but he laid back down. So I thought, well, shoot, you know, luckily he's not 
He's not too worried about us. He's, I mean, he's still keeping an eye on us, you know. And um, that was one time I was thankful for all the bugs because you, you'd be watching him and you could tell the bugs were just bothering him. And he'd duck his head, and, you know, shake his head and, and this and that. And what that kind of, I think, helped us was that it kind of ended up finally taking his mind off of us a little bit. And then he'd just kind of look around and he'd look our direction now and then. But then I felt pretty good. I thought, okay, we still got a chance with these guys, you know. And and looking at him, you could actually see the other ram, the top of the other ram's horns, um, just just over the edge. So we knew they were both there. And so uh, finally, after I don't know, probably 45 minutes or so, or 40 minutes, I don't know, he he got up and kind of did a couple circles and walked to to our right a little bit off the edge and was looking off there and then kind of worked his way over and to basically out of sight. So we took advantage of that and started moving around trying to get down closer and, and Don was trying to get me within 300 yards that if he came back out we could poke him from down there um so we were trying to get to where we could where we thought we might be in range but either way we weren't we still weren't going to be within even 300 yards we it was a long ways up there so we decided we better just break off to the bottom and start climbing that next mountain where they were so we hit the bottom and start kind of working our way up you know taking our time um you know, because I didn't want another instance of getting an opportunity and not being able to pull the trigger because I'm winded again, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just took our time uh, working our way up there. Got up there about three quarters of the way or so and uh, kind of sat down, took a break. And and uh, Don kind of went off ahead and just kind of trying to see what he could see, peeking up over the rim and this and that. And uh, pretty soon he gave me a motion to come on up. So I grabbed my stuff and, and uh, headed up there and we just started working our way. Now we're kind of working back left along the ridge kind of going back underneath because we had gotten down to the kind of downstream of them a little bit and then we were working back up and trying to get the wind right and uh got up on top and to where we hopefully was expecting to maybe see them and kept working our way up easy and easy and and getting up there and and they weren't there it's like you've got to be kidding me so (laughs) We get up on top, and, and Don starts belly crawling over to the edge, looking, and we're working our way along, and pretty soon he's over there, and he, he gives me the signal. He sees him. So I'm trying to belly crawl over there. I've got my pack and everything. I've dropped it off. I've got my camera strapped around my shoulder. I've got my binoculars on, and, and I'm crawling across the ground, belly crawling with my rifle and everything. I get over there, and he's like, "There's there they are. They're down below us. And they they had gotten down, and this other side of the mountain was not nearly as pleasant as the side we had walked up. This other side was nasty. It's what you expect to see them in all the time, I guess, is what I've always pictured. But really rocky, really steep um, cliffs, you name it, it was there. Do they know you're there? You know, I don't know. that. They, I think they did suspect something. I don't know if they – I mean, either that or they were just up and moving to go somewhere else for the day. But it sure seemed like maybe they suspected something. They were a little bit nervous, but kind of spread out looking around a little bit. There was the two rams. And um, I could see the one, and Don kept talking about the upper one. And I was like, I don't see what you're talking about. And finally, I seen him. So I'm trying to get things situated, and I realize I'm laying on my camera. I can't get situated. You know, you got all this stuff just going on 100 miles an hour now. So I grab my camera. I'm trying to get it off over my head, and Don looks over me about the time I've got the camera up, and he and he he looks at me, and I I think it looked like I must have been trying to take a picture when really I was just trying to get the darn thing off my shoulder and out of the way. <laughs> he goes, 
what the heck are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to get this camera off. So I get the camera off and get all situated and um, get a rest on a rock and everything. And, and I, I was looking and I seen the upper one, seen the lower one. And I told him, I said, okay, which one of those do we want? And he's looking, he's looking and he says, upper one, definitely take the upper one. I said, all right. So he says 275 yards. I was like, shoot, that's not too bad, you know? So I pull down on him and uh, wait till he, he's angled. He's angled. Uh, he's facing uh, to the to my left, angled out a little bit. So I got a quartering away shot, and uh, I put it right on his shoulder and touch it off. And and uh, that darn thing didn't even look like he he didn't even flinch. I don't know. I just I was like I expected to see him go down or do something right there, and he he didn't even hardly move. So I jack another one in and. And I touch another one off, and then you could tell for sure. And and uh, he was he was starting to I'd hit him, and and both times I asked Don, I said, did I hit him? And he says, sure, sounds like it, you know. And we're looking, and and so I ended up jacking another one in because we were really wanting to anchor him right there. Um, I did not want him to go down that mountain. And I'll tell you what, he they are tough. He was <laughs> he was not going down. Uh Finally, after a few shots, he's uh, <laughs> he was not staying there, but he was done, and and uh, down he went, and I mean he tumbled, and we lost sight of him. And uh, oh man, I was off the other side. Yes. Oh my like, goodness. Oh. And Don told me, he says, "Don't worry." He says, "They're tough. He'll be fine." <laughs> That's what he was concerned. I thought, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to find him in pieces down there." Um. So we uh we high fived, and you know, and I was just the excitement and uh, I was just, I was like, Oh my gosh, I just, I just, you know, I just got a doll sheep. I just finally put one on the ground and, and this is day three. I was like, geez, you know, I mean, I couldn't tell you all the emotions running through my body and, and me and just, just so thankful for that, you know, that opportunity to get to do what I was getting to do there. And, and Don was just, I, I think he was as, as excited as I was. I mean, this guy's been doing this a long time. Um, so we uh, we went back, gathered up our gear, and started working our way back down the ridge to where we could uh, <laughs> figure out how to navigate down there. Uh, we found a cut in the rim and, and kind of worked through that cut and got down there and started working our way down kind of in the direction he had tumbled. And and Don was down ahead of me, and pretty soon I heard him. I said, hey, he told me, he says, uh, hey, I see your sheep. I was like, sweet. So um, he just kind of hung back, and he says, go get your sheep. So I went down there and, and we found him. And luckily where he stopped, uh, it had kind of narrowed up a little bit and he was kind of up against this crevice, this rock there a little bit. And thank goodness. Cause if he'd have went off of that, I don't, he might've went all the way down to the Creek. I don't know. It's, it was crazy. That's, he's a beautiful ram. Oh, he was, yeah, I was ecstatic. What, um, how old was he? Uh, 10 and a half, 11 years old. And what was his longhorn? Do you remember? You know what? I do not. Um, I ended up not taking any of those measurements. Um, and cause I thought when I got to, got him to the officials that, you know, cause they do all the measuring and everything. I thought I'd yeah. get a copy of that. So I wasn't overly concerned. Well, they didn't give me a copy. And now the thing's at the taxidermist. So I have asked my taxidermist to give me those measurements. So I just haven't gotten them from him yet. Yeah, he's a beautiful ram for sure. Um, the picture you sent me is just a looks like a really cool spot where this picture is taken, and 
So how long did it take you guys to get them taken care of? And then, and then I guess you had to pack him back to camp, right? Well, actually, um, yeah, he was, so that, that picture and where he ended up, there was this shelf that's probably about, oh, three feet wide and maybe, uh, eight, eight feet in width and in length. And we ended up, uh, taking care of him right there. We caped him out, got the meat and everything right there on that shelf. And, uh, you know, poor Don, he's sitting on the edge of that shelf working on it with me and for me. I mean, I, I didn't get to do a whole lot. I mean, that guy is just, they're so good at what they do, you know? And, and I trust that he knows what he's doing a heck of a lot better than I do. And I didn't want to mess up my cape anymore. And I already had. So, uh, we got him all skinned out, loaded up and, and, uh, Don ended up, we ended up loading him out in one, in one load between, uh, my pack and Don's pack. And we were looking and, and, uh, we were trying to decide if we wanted to go up or, or if we thought it'd be better to go down. And we, uh, glassed down below to see what it kind of looked like. And I'd say this, this mountain from, from where I shot from, it was probably about 850 yards down to the bottom. And like I said, it was, it's steep. You could get there real quick if you, uh, weren't paying attention. <laughs> and so uh we we looked down there it looked like there was a flat enough area that maybe we could set up an lz and bring in the helicopter so we decided we were going to go down once we started to go down and got committed we realized we probably should have went up um but it was too late we'd already gone down and and we're working our way down so it took us uh it was probably 600 yards because that ram had tumbled about 150 to 200 yards down there. Um, it took us to go about 600 yards or a little further, about three and a half hours to get down there. And there was a couple of close calls that, I'll tell you what, you've got to be careful doing that stuff. I, I had a couple of close calls. Don had a couple of close calls. Most of the mountain, we went down pretty much backwards. And you're you're holding on to stuff. You're sliding your feet down to a point where you think you got a stable spot. And then you're sliding along this way and that way. And couple spots we went down and and Don hollered up to me hey don't come down here we got to find a different route he'd come back up we work our way around and it was uh it was pretty crazy and I'll tell you what my feet were on fire uh I had a knee that was giving me a bunch of trouble but we made it down um got down to the bottom uh thank thankful for the creek and <laughs> get some more water and but they were looking at the area and uh that we thought was flat and of course, from up there, it looked flat, but from down there, it was not flat. So then we were concerned if we were really going to be able to set up an LZ or not. Cause then if you can't set up an LZ and the helicopter can't land, you, uh, throw your packs on and start hiking and get to a spot where you can. But, uh, we looked over the area. There was a spot next to the creek, fairly small, but we thought we could set up an LZ there. So we moved some boulders and moved some stuff around, did some fair amount of preparation work to try to make it comfortable enough for Greg to land there. And, uh, so then Don made the call out and, and let them know that where we were and gave them the coordinates. And, um, they let us know that they were going to be a while because, uh, they had, um, I think there was a couple of caribou put on the ground that day and, and another ram or two also. So Greg was busy that day. And so, uh, we just took advantage of it and we, um, got the cape out and we worked on fleshing it and, and cleaning it up, getting it off the skull. And, and actually, I got some great lessons. I learned a lot that day. Don, uh, we worked through, uh, you know, I learned how to cape out an animal properly, so to speak. Um, I've done some, but 
you know, it's, it's nice to learn from a guy that's been doing it so much and uh real patient taught me a lot. I, it was a, actually great. We were there about four and a half hours before the helicopter came. And, uh, the other kicker is when you're doing stuff like that up there, I mean, your head's got to be on a swivel because, uh, you keep the guns loaded and, and things ready because of the Grizzlies. And, uh, we end up not having any run-ins with the Grizzlies, but, uh, um, Don has told me some stories and it's, it's not uncommon. So, um, it's awesome. So the helicopter came in and picked you up and then it must have taken you back to your camp and you guys packed up your camp. Yeah. What, what he did was, um, when he came in, we had everything loaded and ready to go. He landed, he was able to land. Thank goodness. Um, uh, we loaded everything in it and yeah, he picked us up and, uh, we went on around and, and he took us back to camp at camp. He ended up, um, dropping us off. He had another run he had to go do. So that gave us time to get camp packed up anyways. And then, uh, we got everything packed up and, uh, he, uh, came back, got us, and took us back to uh, the Honey Butte Lodge. Wow, what an adventure. <laughs> that's incredible. And and so that's your second sheep. Um, you're halfway to your Grand Slam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say that. That's awesome. You you uh, had harvested a um, California bighorn, correct? I did. I drew the tag uh, in 2013 here in Oregon and, and uh, got the opportunity on that. So... That's awesome. Um, have you had a chance to eat any of your um, doll sheep meat? Oh, yeah. We had some the first night I got home. Well, actually, we even had some up at camp. They cooked some up one night. But, uh, um, no, we've already had some here at the house. And and uh, just like my other, other ram, I mean, the, the ram meat is, is so good. And that doll sheep, I mean, it's it's great. You know, people ask, you know, what's it taste like? They, I think everybody pictures it tastes like, you know, your woolly sheep. But it does. And it's right along the lines of the deer and elk. And, I mean, it's just awesome well that's that's awesome i'm excited to get to hear your story and i'm uh excited that you won the hunt and um you know my first uh month of signing up with go hunt insider i actually was they gave away a hundred phone scopes i i want a phone scope and um this month they're giving away uh 10 kuyu sleeping bags and uh the month of july they gave away a four uh they gave away a mule deer hunt uh antelope and elk hunts and um uh not only did you win the hunt but i believe you got a little bit of spending money uh uh it was a full expenses paid trip to go wasn't it uh for the most part um i definitely paid for majority of it yeah you're correct i i won the hunt they also cut me a check for 2500 which um uh, you use towards your airline, you know, your flights and your hotels. And then um, there's a few th little things here and there, you know, that you got to take care of that uh, just is, you know, your, your 400 bucks to get your sheep out to the government, that type of stuff, you know. But yeah. uh, you know what? It's for, for everything I got, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, and, I would never, ever get to do this for this price anywhere else, of course. You know, I mean, it was just what a, what an amazing gift um, to, to receive. And, and I thank Go Hunt and Lorenzo and Chris and those guys over there for, for giving me this opportunity. You know, and, and the Honey Butte Outfitters, man, I can't tell you enough about the operation that they run up there. All the guides, I met them all. I got to chat with all of them. I Jim and Nadine do a heck of a job there. Nadine puts on a heck of a spread. They got four awesome kids that um, help out with the, you know, the two older ones help out. Josh is, is uh, 
helpful as heck. He's he's 15. He's I think he's going to be running that place for long. And uh, yeah, they what a what a great group of people. Um, if anybody's ever interested in doing something like a doll sheep hunt or any of those other hunts that they put on caribou, moose, goats, man, you got to check these guys out. Um, I, I can't think of a better operation, a way to run an operation. Um, you know, they, they're outstanding. Well, that's awesome, Richard. Uh, it's been awesome getting to talk to you, hear your story and I want to offer you congratulations again. And, um uh, look forward to meeting up with you someday down the road uh somewhere and uh um yeah just thanks for being on with us and telling us your story thank you so much i i really appreciate it i appreciate the opportunity to share it and and uh you know thank you for for everybody that's helped me accomplish this right on buddy sounds good well you take care and uh god bless you okay all right thank you you too all right buddy Thanks for listening to the J. Scott Outdoors Western Big Game Hunting and Fishing Podcast brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Use the promo code JSCOTT and receive a $50 Kuyu gift card when signing up for the GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more, go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and join today.